like, man, it's cool. Are we <laughs> recording already? We recording? We are recording. Shout now that's the Andy. first time it's ever thrown me off. That's the first <laughs> time that most times I'm I kind of be aware that he hit record, but yeah. that this time, time it was just like oh yeah, talking about sweaters. Sneaky Andy, yeah. sneaky Andy. Watch out. He's like yes, sweaters and our music. <laughs> uh, speaking of our music, by the time this episode airs, which is going to be the second week in January. Is our music out, Jermaine? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> yes. It will be? Yeah, it will be. Yeah, this is going to air like the you never 14th, sent me the, song. the 14th of Sunday. Did you have the link? The 14th su- January? Is, it, is This is going to air. Is today the 14th? <laughs> today, uh, today, is Nancy? The, today is the no. 7th of January? This is the 7th. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the music will be out by then. Yeah. And I think. <laughs> Did you get a file? Do you have a file? I'm gonna get all all master files anything. today. <laughs> you don't have one song. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I don't. It's not Aaron. Yeah. We're making commitments. No, we, we, got, we got firm foundation. But I love the gram. I love people who who uh, who uh, who interact with us and our page on a gram. I just, yes. Uh, I just got a message from someone that said this was a great episode. Speaking of one of our Beyond I Do ones. It's cool people it's listen beautiful. to it, and then you get feedback. Honestly, yeah. immediate. You know? One of my favorite interactions yeah. specifically in my whole life is not just getting recognized at all, because I don't like getting recognized for the podcast. Yeah, 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 that yeah, is yeah. honestly like yeah. the, the best thing that happens, because we do this whole thing, and we're like, who's out there watching this thing? Like, we yeah. don't know, but you're just, yeah. there's so much that goes into it, and you're just like, I don't know who, who cares about this. Yeah. Then you're like at the local Starbucks, they're like, do you do Beyond the Letter? I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, you have the hat on I and everything. I do it for the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the merch. I, 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 Ashley was just somewhere like an hour away. And oh. she was checking out. And the girl at the checkout was like, I've seen your podcast. I love it. And Ashley was like, like me? <laughs> yeah, she's dude. like, yeah. Anyone so, they, else? so Ashley comes back in the car. And she's like, yeah, I think someone uh, uh, in the store goes to our church. And I'm like, why do they go to our, why do you think? They go right, to our church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing you either know it or you, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, why do you think that? She's like, well, she said that she loved my podcast. And I'm like, we're an hour away from our church. Yeah. There are people who drive two hours to come to our church for sure. For sure. So that that's not slipping out of the question. But she says she loved the podcast. Yeah. She listens to the podcast, you know. And then our new partnership for Beyond I Do, the the jewelry relationship, his assistant. So, had seen our Instagram clips and was like, dude, I love your stuff. I love what you guys are talking about with relationships and stuff like that. Oh, nice. I was like, dang, he's I, all yeah. the way in downtown LA. And Ashley's clips have gotten tens of million views at <laughs> yeah, this right. point. Like, yeah. literally. Yeah. So, odds are she's going to get recognized. She's soaring. Yeah. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah. She's soaring. I think right what's now. like encouraging for me is like the older generations that are coming up and like, hey, oh, yeah, we dude. watched your podcast. We listened to it. Your that mom so- is one of them. That's not a mama <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mom is what, dude, she's so cool. Every time she talks to me about it, I'm like, yes. Well, I always said when, when me and Caleb started this podcast, the one, the one thing that completely threw me off, not in a bad way, in a great way, but was not in our horizons at all, was how many baby boomers yeah. enjoy watching the podcast. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that, it makes sense to me on the back end. Uh, because uh, uh, baby boomers are actually, when you when the, I don't know what the recent study is, but prior to COVID, the generation that consumed phone time and social media the most was actually baby boomers. It, really? It, it, was, it was it was not millennials or Gen Z. Hmm. They're living on Facebook. All credit to Facebook. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. They're living on it. 
And so what was always funny is like if a baby boomer say, you know, this young generation, uh, their cell phones and da, 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 da. And it's like, well, actually, statistically, baby boomers are on social media right. and technology longer. And, and then another study also included TV time. For baby boomers okay. compared to a millennial or Gen Z. Because millennial and Gen Z, though, they may spend a lot of time on their phone. Uh, they spend little to no time on the television, you know. Yeah. And if they do, it's yeah. a Netflix binge or something mm. like that. But but actually, millennial and Gen Zs do not spend uh, an exorb as a whole, an exorbitant amount of time watching the television. So there was a study that included baby boomers with technology, including TV time and their cell phone exorbitantly more wow. than any other generation. I believe it. I um, believe so, it. so on the back end, as people, as, as a lot of baby boomers would say, my love of podcast, I enjoy it. I enjoy listening to it during the week. At first, that really threw me off in a great way to be like, wow, we didn't, when we started this, we really thought we would um, be speaking to that next generation, yeah. but also great to see we're creating community amongst older millennials and even and even and even baby boomers, gen xers you yeah. know a lot of 40 mm -hmm. year olds you know 40 50 year old gen right, xers right, right. so like but that didn't that kind of the baby boomer part uh, that one really we were like not expecting that in a For great sure. way because you we were like oh that's really cool that really when you look at the the demographics of our podcast and, and i use this thing called chartable we're like in the top 1% of podcasts in terms of the diversity of, of ages and gender that watch the podcast. Wow. We're top 1% mm. of all podcasts in the world. Uh, wow. 99, like 95% of all podcasts either speak to men or women individually. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. few podcasts speak to both men and women. So um, right now, ours is literally 45, 55%. Uh, 40, uh, I think it's, uh, or maybe it's 50. I'd have to pull up the exact number, but... But it's 55% uh, men, 45% women, which is really high for women in podcasts. That's right. not yeah. that's a, that's a high number. Most only 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 like five percent of podcasts are listened to by women. So, and then our age range, most podcasts are like only for that 25 year old, that 30 year old. The, the others are for older people or yeah. middle people. So, family podcasts is those just for families, you oh, know. Wow. So. Um, but ours is literally like I could I, I could do it live right now if we wanted to. But it's even, literally starting yeah. at 17 and all the way up to 60 something. It wow. shows us. And even Jeez. for socials, when you're looking at Instagram, you're looking at 52.5 percent of men and then 47.4 of women. So that's really rare. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like that. That's awesome. Mormon. That's awesome. I remember so we had wild. like conti not contingency plans, but like to even add on to the fact like we were like scared to like, man, boomers are going to hate this thing. Like there was just yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. like that we that really looked thought, like that. Like, we thought we were gonna have to do a lot of apologizing. Yeah, or a like lot of explaining on why yeah, we're doing like, what we're doing. Yeah, and, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what. So that. it was a it was a real shock to be like getting stopped by anybody who's just of the older generation. Be like, I love that. I love what y'all are doing. Like they're <laughs> fighting. I'm like, yes. Like, oh yeah, and I, I get a lot of people night, like my grandma's age that will tell me like, I really we really enjoy the podcast. And I'm like. Man, that's cool. Like, and then yeah, you think yeah, they're you know, like, "Oh yeah. yeah, that's what that's what you're saying because you know we're doing it, but you yeah. don't watch it." And then they're like, "No," nah, but then they start talking details, like, "Yeah, you know." Well, and then it's like <clears throat> the model here is almost exactly opposite of what they tell you to do. Is like you need to have a niche. You need to yes. talk to this specific yeah. person in this specific way, and and then so like every single episode is almost a regurgitation of the same thing. Where this is the complete opposite. There's no niche. There's nothing that's gonna. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. I like, for even now. I don't even know we're gonna sit down and talk about this part today. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, no idea where the next hour is gonna take us. Yeah, yeah. But it's gonna be somewhere fruitful where like other people. Hey, like I really appreciated that. So 
Um, yeah. It was so encouraging for me even before I came on staff. Like, I listened to it all the time, every single day, uh, or when at least when a podcast dropped out. But I was still trying to find other podcasts, and I think it's hard to find something that speaks to, like, everything that you're going through in life. Yeah. Especially having, like, a voice that you care to listen to and trust to listen to, if yeah. that makes sense. For sure. Oh, for sure. Like, for I sure. can go to, like, a yeah. political podcast, but and you may be talking about a topic, but it may not. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's why I like uh, Pastor Adam and how he operates on the podcast, because he doesn't operate as a pastor. He just is a pastor. And so what we don't get out of Pastor Adam is what he does on Sunday, because that's what he does on Sunday and throughout his mm-hmm. life when he operates as a pastor. But here, it's very conversational. And kind of like we're not getting zingers out of him that he's going to use on his message this Sunday and he test run, you know, because that's what you see in a lot of Christian podcasts is like pastors who are doing podcasts, which is dope. But you could tell they're just like not test running their leadership Mm. stuff, but they just it's just another medium where they drop that stuff. Whereas here it's like you get a very pragmatic approach to life from a pastor, but not operating as a pastor. Yeah. You know, and that's not a bad thing. And pastors have they have great hearts. They have great hearts, but most pastors think that they have, they are the only ones with the type of message that they have in the world. Mm. And then a lot of pastors, because their main teaching, their main gifting may be teaching, they feel like they always have to be teaching something. And so I work with a lot of pastors and talking to them about how our podcast has become what it's come. And they're trying to, for as best as they can, duplicate the success of this podcast and in their, but in their own niche, in their yeah. own style. They're not trying to copy beyond the but like, how can I get that type of reach, success, or whatever? And because uh, it's their goal to expand messaging of whatever they feel gifted in. And so it always comes down to I'm trying to teach people something, you know, and yeah. and it's a concept or idea, and that's their heart, that, that they mean well. But, but, but that's the problem is like sometimes people just they don't want to be taught yeah, something it's too didactic. Mm. They, they want they want to learn something through conversation. They want to learn something through rubbing off. And and like I've never I've never stepped into an episode, you know, where we're, you know, 16 months into this over 120 some odd hours into this. Like I've never thought once like we're going to go in an episode and we're going to teach people yeah, a thing yeah. or two about X, Y and Z. You know, uh, it, it, because to me, the moment you start doing that, that's that's when yeah. people start yeah. <coughs> closing off. Like if I listen to a bi- uh, 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 like a business podcast, it's not because that person is trying to learn me something. Yeah. It's more so they're discussing their success the or, or their dynamics yeah. and and they're talking out loud. And then you could kind of you can you can cherry pick what oh, sure. man, I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. I like that. You know, which work to me works well in it when you're talking about a Christian podcast is like. You're trying to help. You're trying to just peel back a layer and, layer and say, hey, this is how I think. This is how the people at the table think. Either you think like us, either you don't, either you agree with us, either you don't. But it's enough that you could think about. It's enough that you could talk about with your friends or your spouse or you could share this with somebody. And so there's enough. It's, it's open. Which that, If there was anything we wanted to teach going into it, it was just we wanted to encourage people to talk more yeah. about meaningful things. In their daily life, for sure, and that's always like, been a principle. Outside of the weather, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 actually have conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah. and dialogue yeah. about everything that's going on in life. Because there's yeah. so many times, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, and then we just miss right. each other. But you never take that time to stop and oh, hey, let's talk about this. And yeah. can we still be friends or they moving go, forward? Or they go, 
you know, which, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine. But tell me how you're really feeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know me well enough for me to tell you good how I'm really feeling. Yeah, you know, like, I hate they'll come up and be like, hey, Adam, how are you doing? I'm so like, oh, much. I'm doing good. But how are you really doing? I'm like, if I wasn't doing good, you wouldn't be the person I'd be telling. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I appreciate your care. Yeah. You know, like, but, but, but like, that is not an appropriate conversation starter. Right. Yeah. That I don't want to dig deep. I'm not a deep digger like that. Got you know, it. I'm a meaningful digger. You know, to me, there's it, different. There's digging deep and there's digging meaningful. Yeah, being like, intentional. Is intentional time conversation and space and or whatever, or whatever that, that like, to me, doesn't take a lot of me digging into feelings and emotions when, when we, we may not have that relationship, but that's what a lot of it is. Your coworkers, it's like, hi, bye, how's the weather? Or right. tell yeah, me how yeah. you're really doing. And it's like, actually, no one really wants to do either of those two you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you're not really, really close, you know? For sure, for uh, sure. So it's like, for this, it's enough, it's enough meaningful conversation that uh, discusses things that should, that, that should yeah. stretch us to talk about in our normal daily life and be able to have you know, you'll see us dance around conversations yeah. sometimes. Not because we we imagine we're trying to win people to the gospel, so we don't want to offend people, particular groups. So you see us, we'll talk about stuff, but we're not harsh, and we're not. And to me, like that's the way you got to be in your in your daily life is uh, discuss things of meaning without being offending or offensive. You know, in the church yeah. world back in the day, not as much anymore. It's like. Well, people are, it's just the truth. People are offended by truth. That was always kind of that example. If you offended someone, mm, well, yeah. I just, I'm just telling the truth. It's just, you're being offended by the truth then. Like, no, you're being a jerk. Right. That's what yeah. you're being, you know, you're being, you're, you're, you're being nasty. You know? Yeah. And if there is a niche, it's leading people to self-discovery, not forcing them. Cause that's what, like you said, when we interact and have conversations, you notice when people want a definitive, definitive answer out of you, they can't get it because it's like, I'm not going to tell you what's right. Or, you know, what to think. I'm going to show you how I think about this, and you decide how you think about it. <clears throat> I think people value yeah. self-discovery more than just being taught something. Right. But and you it, ought to. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it feels like a conversation, even like the the gentleman who reached out and was like, I feel like I have friends now. Mm -hmm. like, and that's, that's, that's why I listen to the podcast, because I just feel like I'm just sitting around listening to people that are similarly minded and just discussing things as opposed to didactically trying to tell me this is how you live your life. This yeah. is how you should do this. Yeah. This is how you do that. Whatever topics you're talking about. Yeah, I'm game because I'm invested in the relationships here, even though just as a listener or as a, as a viewer on, on YouTube. And so that's a, that's another dope aspect of, of this podcast as opposed to it being built around, you know, like a singular personality, like a lot of other ones are or whatever. And obviously that's, that has that place, but. It may be a hard left, but I, I, want, I want everybody's <laughs> thoughts on this. Guys, think about this recently. And so I, I think it'd be good in this episode. Uh, I wasn't thinking about this beforehand. It just came to me right now. But but to, but to think about it outside, I was thinking, I was thinking if um, uh, outside as Christian leaders and Christians who go to church and stuff like that, um, if if there was a red flag about a preacher's or a church, what might that be to where you should be cautious on how you receive from that person? Now I'm going to explain what I'm talking about. All right. Damn. What I, cause here's what you were talking about for a second. You were talking about like the teaching and people don't want this. People want that, you know, and there's a degree that I have found in the church world and there, and it, and it exists in the secular world in its own way. And I'll explain how, but there is, um, 
there's kind of been a, a, a even grander movement where a lot of uh, preachers and pastors have created platforms off of criticizing other pastors, preachers, and denominations, right? right? Mm -hmm. They get on the pulpit and they say, those people do this, but we don't do that. We're, we're, we know because we do this, right? Like, well, if you ever go into a church and, and uh, you ever go into a church and, and, and they're not lifting their hands in worship, that's a church Walk that... Out. Yeah, 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 right, right? And everybody screams, everyone shouts, everyone, you know, no, and, mm. then you go to a, and then you go to a church. The other way, if you go to a church and people are speaking in tongues and blah, 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 but, but, that, but like when you listen to their teaching, that's basically their premise. Their premise is criticism. Like mm. that's their whole, that's their whole thing. Every post they post on Instagram is, uh, you yeah. know, these pastors wearing baseball caps and blah blah blah, and here we are wearing suits, and everybody goes nuts, right? It's mm. a, it's this spirit of criticism, and 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 that's all they do. Like when you really listen to their preaching, that is all they're doing. All they're doing is saying, look how look how I figured it out, and look how not even the world, like they're not even pointing to the world. Yeah, they're pointing to their peers, other churches other Christians, look how unique we are. Yeah. And what that, what that creates is, is, a, is a, not a cult, but a cultish behavior. Mm -hmm. And I've even seen that like in, in our church world, like in, in my church, I've had people leave our church to go more with a cultish behavior church that yeah. is wanting everyone to uh, assimilate into one identity. And then they ultimately end up coming back to our church because they're like, they find a point where they draw a line or they became the enemy at one point, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like it, almost like I remember one time I was talking to someone and, 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 and they left our church because we didn't, we didn't, ha we didn't um, have church solely on Saturdays. Like you shouldn't have them on Sundays. They should be on Saturdays. Well, there's Jehovah's right. Witness background or Jewish stuff. background. Yeah, yeah, some Sabbath. They got really into that, right? And they're like, "Oh, I found this. Uh, I found this. Uh, I found this church that that I love." And blah 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 blah. And then they told me, um, but I stopped going because they told me it was wrong to wear makeup, and and I don't agree with that. And mm -hmm. so and so they, and so then they left. Yeah. And so and so it's like it yeah. was like they were rocking. They did church on Saturday the way they wanted. Yep. But then they weren't rocking with the makeup the way they wanted. And so yeah. to me, it was uh, not in that person, but how we get is like, if, if you begin to gravitate your identity based off of a critical nature of what, what they do or what I do and what I figured out is better, like you're, you're almost never going to be happy right. anywhere. For sure. Right. For sure. And so to me, I was thinking if there's one big kind of red flag I see in church leaders today, outside of like, if mm. they're just like worldly or teaching bad doctrine if there's something outside of those things which are like really apparent but like something that's like man this is kind of a black eye in the church today to me it would be the preaching that is critical towards the saints like yeah. in every aspect and that's their whole mantra right can you guys think of anything else that would fall in line yeah, in that same yeah. thing. I think it. I think it's super similar, but it's like a. It's a preaching of preference over, you know, what what's literally in the Bible or what's literally a law or what's literally should be prohibited. Um, even you know, coming from backgrounds of people that that's what would happen. You know, preaching about principles as law. It. I'm not principles as law. Uh, preferences as law. Like, what do you mean? You can't wear makeup. Yeah. Well, can you show me in the Bible exactly where it says you should not wear makeup? 
well, you can't, but it's yeah. a, you, well, you, you kind of look around, adorn yourself, you kind of look outer, like this, blah, 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 it's, it's kind of yeah. like that, it's kind of, well, okay, well, or, or like, should, should, should we, should we be raising our hands during worship or should we have them down or should we, should we be closing our eyes during, during a prayer or, or should, how many, how many songs should be in, in the worship service? How, uh, those are all kind of like preference things because the Bible gives you a lot of principles to go off of, but it's a lot of gray stuff and all churches and a lot of churches in the Bible are operating differently. And so Paul's addressing them differently on different things that are happening. And so there's a lot of, uh, preachers and even like um, just ministries that are kind of surrounded around, um, you know, demonizing other people that just have a different preference, but aren't wrong. And when you dial it in, they're like, well, yeah, they're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's like, okay, well, then why are we showing so much division in our words, similar to just pastors just trying to be critical of other pastors? But if there's brothers and sisters in Christ, then we should try to keep them together as opposed to yeah. just training people to look for preferences that they think are in the Bible. But when they dial it, when you really dig in, it's just like, well, no, it turns out it's really a preference because if you're not, you know, denying Christ and you're not denying deity or whatever, yeah. those, those yeah. main things, if they're not doing those main things, it's coming down to a preference of somebody. And I feel like that's, that's been a big, you know, that that's a dividing wedge between denominations that shouldn't even have a wedge, you know, like yeah. different, different yeah. ideas of people that shouldn't even have a division. And it's like, well, it's because you really care about your preference and it re you really care about that as opposed to just being united. You know, if the Catholic church done anything well, it's seeing seemingly being pretty united outside of what people think about the Pope and stuff like that, yeah. but right, right, they're right, pretty yeah. divided about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. they, they're pretty united beyond that there's not a lot of well, you're united in like presentation that. right that's right, what, right yeah right, so right, how right, we want right. to present to the world and how we want to present to ourselves this is how it's going to look but that's all preference at the end of the day like you're saying i mean we can <clears throat> shout and scream like i'm it was um i was going to a one-on-one -on -one with pastor aaron and as soon as i walk up there i hear them praying and in me from a child so the moment someone's praying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you stop. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Oh, were you? Did you have a Baptist oh, background?" I remember that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were there. I remember. That. I was like, I didn't even think it, but that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just preference, right? right? Yeah, That's yeah. what I grew up doing. Is like, you. The moment anyone opens their mouth, you could be walking to your you seat. Stop. You stop. Right, right. right. Yeah. Or else, yeah, yeah. And people have their preferences. I mean, outside of church, you could just have your preference in general. Just be a really like a particular kind of person. But people bring that into church. Yeah. yeah. And so people leave a church because. When when the pastor's praying, <sighs> the the ushers are still walking around and doing stuff or whatever it is, and it's like, well, you know, so they don't honor. The yeah, Holy yeah, Spirit. you don't. What are you talking about? You yeah. didn't take off your shoes before you came in yeah. the sanctuary or whatever. I don't yeah. know if that's a preference. Yeah, people, but I can imagine. Well, and I heard a preacher recently say, like, hey, if your church, if your church doesn't do this, then more than likely your pastor has a demon in him because the demon doesn't want the pastor to do X, Y, and Z, and it yeah. was something very charismatic, and it was just like, and it, so it was like. Okay, so that's the response. If someone doesn't do it my way, then they have a demon. Okay, well, at some point, that gun will point back to you. That, that That's what I don't think people realize or people haven't seen long enough, that like if you're pointing guns at people, there will come a day where those people will point a gun. Right. That, sure. that, that's what happened yeah. with Mark Driscoll. Yeah. Mark, Mark Driscoll, who was a gunner, and he was one of the most famous preachers in America, but he built his platform, not today, but originally he built his platform by condescending and criticizing other churches, ministers, pastors, leaders. No one was a man like him. Wow. No one was preaching like him. No one was talking to culture like him. No one was this, no one this, no one this. And he never showed grace to anyone from the pulpit. 
So then he makes a few mistakes uh-huh. <laughs> and his church buried him, yeah. like banished him, you know, like, cause at some point that, wow. that is going to be pointed right back at you. And, and I remember him doing an uh, interview with, uh, with, um, um, oh, I forgot what pastor it is, the pastor of Hillsong, Brian, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Houston. Houston. And, and he basically said in this interview, like, I created a culture that lacked grace and when I needed it, no one offered it. For, yeah, they don't know. And it. he's like, and it's because I, I created it. Yeah. And he, and that culture. And he's like, so I never real, he's like, I never thought at some point I was going to require the grace mm. that was needed to bounce back. And so wow. when I was offering it to no one, my congregation and my board and my elders, my For leadership, sure. they did the same exact thing to me that I offered to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think people realize how often that like you you reap what you sow and so yeah. if you have a, a a self-doubting spirit if you have a critical spirit like there is healthy criticism that's for sure exists and that's there and, and there are things that should be uh critically analyzed and all that stuff like that but i think that there is there is a realm to do that and i think when you have good preaching people people will by the spirit put together what shouldn't be there i don't think necessarily it's uh it's it's a spiritual leader's job to get on the pulpit weekly and tell people how nobody you know you see it in every realm nobody's american enough no mm-hmm. one cares for the poor enough no not like us not like us look at what we're doing you know whether you're wow. part of a liberal fence a conservative fence if you're in the conservative fence then you're looking at all the churches in america and you're saying those weak bashful pastors who don't speak to culture and baba and that church is like you know and then you're in a more liberal church and you're like those loveless conservatives who don't care for the disenfranchised and don't care for the foreigner and don't like and there's verses that you can like gabe said that you can kind of stretch and pull and make it fit to what you're trying to communicate to fit because there are verses about caring for the foreigner there's jesus was Jesus was an immigrant to Egypt. You know, it's like, so you can, I mean, you can well, frame, yeah, you can cherry pick you the can Bible. frame your argument, you can frame your fight. And then that can sit. But then at some point yeah. when you need someone to hear you out, when you need someone to care for you, when you need someone to love on you, then, you know, I know Christians who are, uh, uh, anti-Halloween, but not anti-Christmas, Yeah, you know? Right, and so, right. and so they go to a church that's anti-Christmas or anti-Halloween, find out that church is also anti-Christmas. And, and so they... then their family, their son comes, oh. like I've heard it before, like their son comes and like, we'll talk about Santa and children's church or whatever. And then the volunteers will pull the parents aside and be like, Hey, when your kids come here, there's no talking about Santa. There's no talking about My Christmas. We don't watch Christmas movie. We don't do none of that stuff. And then the family's like, Oh, and I'm like, well, you chose that church off of them yeah. not celebrating Halloween, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. not celebrating, but like doing a fall fest or whatever. Right. And it's like, but for you, you was okay with Christmas, but that church wasn't. It's the the makeup thing again. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like at yeah. some point that gun, you're going to feel that gun yeah. if, if your whole decision making process, if your whole faith is built on right. how unique you are, how yeah. you figured out this faith, how you figured out this walk how you got it. And I used to be that guy. If like Paul says, I'm Pharisee of Pharisees. Like if there was a guy like that, who had Christianity, Christianity figured out that was Adam at 21 years old, 21 year old Adam. Mm -hmm. My goodness. I have figured out everything God wanted for America, the church, humanity. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But I was so wrong, you know, like, cause, cause, cause that same spirit that I had one day, it was pointed back at me. Mm. And uh, it, and I felt completely naked. Mm. And I just like, 
you know, because I didn't, I didn't have forgiveness for nobody. I didn't have grace. If you were a Christian, like you can, you can have no sin in your life. You couldn't have no, you know, all that stuff. And then I made one mistake, and uh, and the church, uh, not the church, but the the school I was at, some of the students and leaders did like a little winch hunt towards me. And I was like, dang, guys, why don't you guys be loving and forgiving? And I wow. said, I'm sorry. And I, and I remember one of my mentors that I had. Uh, so so here's what it was. I, you know, I went too far with a girl, which in a Christian school is, is very, very bad. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, raging hormones and everything like that. And so I went too far with a girl. I, I get in trouble. The girl uh, tells her roommate one day. And then her roommate goes and tells the leadership at the school. So here I am the next day, I'm called into an inquiry with six men, like, like, like a tribunal. Wow. Mm-hmm. Six men circled around me. You know, you know what this is like. <laughs> Not that you've been in that circumstance, but you know where, like, know. You, you know the culture of the, it, right? I can see the picture. Yeah, clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here I am called into a tribunal, right? And I'm just, I'm just now thrown questions. First, how did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, it happened, blah, 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 blah. What's your past like? I'm start telling my past, blah, blah, blah. Did blah. you know you were walking like, into this? Uh, no, no, not to that degree. No, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, I just thought a lawyer. I, I thought I had a meeting. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I had a meeting with the dean, and I and I thought. Oh yeah. I thought I thought they're aware, and I thought I'd get pulled as an RA or whatever. But I didn't know, like, considering me to be a student at school or like right. all that's this wild. stuff. Like, yeah, like I didn't wild. know, yeah. you know, especially because I was like I was sorry. Like I did tell another leader about right. it. Like you, you repented. Yeah. yeah, I was repentant. You know, so. So I go into tribunal, all these questions, they're throwing them at me. They're asking me, when were you saved? Now, mind you, to get into a Christian university, like you have to write papers on when you were yeah, saved yeah. and all that That's stuff. That's wild. They're like, man. when were you saved? What is that like? How have you had, how have you shown fruit of being a Christian? And, and like, so now from 17 to 21, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, when I was 18, I did this and that, blah, blah, you know, like yeah. missions trip and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like giving an answer wow. and, and, and stuff like that. And so we're there for an hour and a half, okay? Then I leave. There was a guy in the room who was like a mentor figure of mine who um, was not a fan of the culture there and stuff like that. So later on that evening, he, he, he pulls me aside, and he's just like, he's like, hey, they're going to call you back tomorrow to meet again. I'm like, bro, what, like, what else can I say? What else can I do? And he's like, well, there, there's two big things that stood out. Um, number one was in the meeting, you never cried. And so um, people who are unrepentant to them, he's saying to them and they're wow. people who are unrepentant. Yeah. They don't cry, you know, so they don't really think you're really sorry for what you did because you didn't cry. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, bro, I've like I've cried four times in my whole life. Like, yeah. What, you, like, what, right. what do you mean? You know, since that day, you know, 13 years ago, I have cried three times. You know, I can yeah. remember them. Right. So I'm like crazy since I was 21, I'm 33 now, like I. Three times I've cried. So they're looking for me to cry. He said, you didn't cry. So they, they're going to dig. They're going to come back and they're going to dig in again. And he goes, and then one of the guys, when you left, he these are like deans of Christian universities. He said, one of the guys, when you left, he said, anyone who has a past like that, there's no way he could be a legitimate Christian. Ah, That's what one of the guys said. No, you, you would know who the dean is. I'm talking about Gabe because <laughs> no. he was school no. That was his response. So my mentor told me that he's like, so just so you know, like there's a guy in the room who's like set that you're not a believer, you know, because of my past. 
Not because wow. what I did with yeah. that moment, yeah. but because when I was sharing my past, I was a womanizer and I did this and I've done that. And and so I'm like laying it all out to hopefully see like them see like yeah. I'm supposed to share my conversion story. So I'm like, this is who I was before Jesus. This right. is I am. And he's like, any wow. guy who has a past like this, there's no way he could be a Christian. So then I get called back into the tribunal and um, and I just muster up some tears I just, you know, <laughs> oh like, no i just started revising yeah well no i just yeah yeah like but i mean i legitimately found a, a way to, yeah, cry. Yeah, to cry you know right. like i found a pain point no. or whatever and yeah and when i cried they made a hand shook me and you know you, you go back to class like it no like, way just yeah. on that alone yeah that's wild and so it's fit but but when i went through that experience wow. i was like i i i have been those guys in that yeah. seat before for other right. people for sure and so where i couldn't conceptualize why they couldn't understand or why they couldn't show me grace and i'm sitting here and i'm confessing and i'm and i'm, I'm and i'm saying i'm wretched i'm saying i made a mistake i'm saying i've done this but but what it is that i'm asking them to offer me i have never offered to anyone else mm-hmm. and so i'm getting exactly what i deserve yeah even though it's totally sucks and it's irrational and wow but that's who i was yeah you know i flip flip the coin on the other side like i would have joined them and yeah. you know done it against any other student mm. you know at yeah. the time which was a huge wake-up call for me which mm. makes me really sensitive to that like now older in ministry that when at moment i seen past i see pastors do that not giving a good criticism of culture in a healthy way, but like I'm talking about, this is their platform. Like this is what they do day yeah. in and day out. Everything they post is about critical spirit, how they're they're different. They have it figured out. They do it right. Everyone else does it wrong. And so besides their four other friends of, in ministry and stuff like that, like that type of stuff, it reams me because I'm like, I was mm-hmm. that guy. Um, and I have never seen anyone make it through longevity, whether a church member or one of those pastors without that gun being pointed right back at them at some point. You know, there's right. a famous guy named John Locke who's really known for doing that stuff. And right now, recently, his ch- from what I understand, and I could be wrong. Anyone that's a John Locke fan, I could be super wrong. But I know there's some people in our church that watch him. But, but I think his name's John Locke. But he's a big deliverance guy. But apparently, he did a debate with a guy who's a flat earth uh, theologian. And he, when, when the flat earth theologian said something that he didn't like, he kicked him off his pulpit. It was supposed to be like a debate. Mm. And then he kicked him off his pulpit. Well, half his church left that Sunday. And the guy he kicked off basically was like, I'm going to be meeting at a hotel down the street on Sunday. And that next Sunday, that from what I understand, that pastor wow. lost half his church wow. because they were rocking with him. He's he, like his platform. His spiel is kind of very critical, yeah. And and uh, and 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 the moment he critiqued, like the flatter theologian, and kicked him off for half of his church, that was their line, and they're like, "We're gone," and so they left wow. his church. And this dude was like moving and booming, and he's got like a little movie on deliverance out and stuff like that. And so, uh, but from what I understand, like for a lot of people in their church, that was the gun being pointed yeah. back to say, hey, yeah. man, we, we rock with flat earth more than we rock with the deliverance. There was like a, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so then that Sunday, like ha- from what I said, like half the church was not there. That's wild. So like at some point yeah. it gets put pointed back at well, you if, that, if that's to. your platform. And what's it you called? Know? What's it um, called when a church says like, this is this concept, which is what you did to get them will also be the reason you lose them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah, know, I know what you're saying. It's like, yeah. oh, 
we push families, family, family this, family events, family everything, family everything. Well, one of the reasons that fam a family will leave is because something goes wrong with the family stuff. You know, like, so what you do Correct. to attract people will also be the reason they leave. They, they will leave. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this sure. cr same concept, like the gun ends up just getting pointed right back at you. Yeah, like if you're attracting people because of the gifts and you're, and you're a church that's free-flowing with gifts and, you know, you do a lot of prophetic and you do a lot of outward uh, speaking in tongues and all stuff like that, a lot, a lot of times at some point um, you're not charismatic enough. Yeah. So right. then they'll go find a new church that... Mm -hmm that will do it every Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you to do, degree, you, you know, you're prophetic thing. once a month. I'm, I want to, I love this now. I'm good with you. I'm going to go find a church that does this now every Sunday wow. yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. They push it, you know? And what I found with us is like, because we have like at our church, you know, we have a very balanced, a balanced family ministry that has a high emphasis on preaching the word and really, uh, really, exalting the Lord, but we do it in a modern way. And so the person, like there's two type of people that would end up transitioning out of our church through these type of mediums. It's number one, it's the person who desires a church that goes way, way more spiritual than us on a weekly basis. Uh, Cause we do things, we do prophetic, we do, we do speak in tongues. We do pray for people to be filled with the Holy spirit, but that's not our gimmick. That's not what we do every week. And so and so a person goes, I want that every week. So I'm going to go to a church that does more deliverance every Sunday and blah, 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 blah. Or the person ends up going reformed because they're like, I love the biblical teaching. Right. Now I just want that. I don't yeah. want any of the other mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of kind of what they would say is fluffy stuff, the family ministry, the modern approach. But they don't remember like like when you came to the Lord, like you were in the world, like your first jump wouldn't have been to that reformed church. There's no yeah. way you would have. And so if we have to serve as a, as, as a medium for some people before maybe ultimately they desire, for me, it's like, as long as it's a decision based off of healthy conversation, healthy prayer, and you know, that's where the Lord is leading your family, then I'm all for it. But if it's a decision based off of criticism, then just know at some point that church is going to do something that you're not happy with, or right. at some point it'll be pointed back at you because you'll yeah. never be religious enough for the religious. Right, right, right. You know what right. I'm yeah, that's like, a that's a big thing. Even uh like coming from Masters, one of my one of my roommates, he had kind of he kind he had kind of just gotten saved and so he yeah. was he was being brought up and all that <laughs> stuff and obviously we're living uh, like that that area is the mecca of all that stuff. So even, you know, like John MacArthur's church to some of them, that's too big of a church. Yes, a church yes. should not be that big. Yeah. A church should be more than 50 people. And it's like, well, what about John MacArthur Church? They're like, well, that's John MacArthur. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, tough. So he would he would go uh, every Sunday. He'd be at a, a a good church, good church, like fifty people church. They met in a school situation. He loved that church. Like he lived and breathed that church. But he lived in Michigan, and so every summer he'd go back home. He'd be like, I can't wait to go back to my church and stuff. And then we graduated, and he went he went back home, got married, all that stuff. And so I'm always I'm I always keep up with him and talk to him, and he's just like. Yeah, man. He's like, so how, how's it going at your church and stuff? I'm like, oh, it's dope. We're we're, <laughs> we're thriving. <laughs> it's so we're sick. taking off. I know we're taking off to the moon. <laughs> but and then he's like, I'm like, hey, so how, you you found a church out there? You found, he's like, yeah, yeah. It's a little big. It's like you know, you go to a church like uh, probably like a thousand people. Mm -hmm. 
He's like, yeah, it's pretty big, you know, but you know, it, it's it's reformed. You know, they got they got, a, they got a, I think they had a uh, a seminary grad was pastoring there or okay. something like that, and so he's he's going like, okay, okay, check in another few months. He's like, yeah, they're, they're starting to change up the worship a little bit. Uh, I don't I don't I don't care for the worship too much. They added like, a guitar. They they, 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 they got a new <laughs> worship leader. Yeah, he sings with a guitar yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Okay, okay. Right. He's starting to do more solos, and I'm not. I'm like, okay, man. Well, that's that's what happened. It's <laughs> like yeah. it's you're not you're not gonna find that thing yeah. when yeah. you have to leave it anymore. And as soon as that church started getting bigger, there would have been the same problems yeah, yeah. that he would have found because it wasn't yeah. that exact form of preference that he was taught or just found when he was there. And so even for anybody, like unless you're brought up in something and stay in that thing forever. The yeah. chances are you're going to move around. Life is going to put yeah. you around somewhere else. Very rarely somebody's brought up and stays exactly where they're at yeah. in, in whatever church it is. And so whatever church or family preferences you're brought up in, you just have to recognize, like, that's what it is, the preferences. And you have to try oh, yeah. to, you have to try to, but, yeah, but for something that's like such a staple as like religion, yeah. some, it's hard to, for people to like really differentiate the difference between preference and then also what's like those doctrinal things that I cannot sway on. You know, like, like um, what I've received from Pastor Aaron is like people will be attracted to the things, they'll be attracted to the person, but they'll be committed to a vision. And so I think a lot of times when like those churches are bringing in guitars or they're bringing in new things, the congregation doesn't know how does this impact the vision. So they're getting those two things mixed up when a lot of times like maybe our leaders aren't leading with that authenticity and transparency that communicates, yeah. no, this is the vision. This is where we see it going and this is what we want to communicate. So when me as a congregate, when I know the vision, I think that's why I've probably been like faithful to ALFC for so long because Pastor Diego led with authenticity he led with trans yeah. a 1.3 gpa mexican yeah. from montebello like that's yeah. his staple yeah, yeah so when you know that okay i see what we're going we're no respecters of persons we're here for this like that's yeah. it you know but i'm committed to that vision now because that vision is being communicated yeah. it's i think like for me when you're not being transparent and you're talking about other people you're talking about other religion other doctrines other people are doing but there's no inward reflective experience it's like Okay, so you're just perfect then. Yeah. And I have an issue. So <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. fix all these things, but there's nothing you need to do, do from the pulpit or there's no, no it's not nothing you need to do from the pulpit, excuse me, but like no experience that I could glean from that is made in practicality, yeah. if that makes sense. Right. And, mm -hmm. But so like yeah. even for us yeah. is like when we did wedding, when you did met Wedding Feast Music, you led with the vision of what this is going to be. And that mm -hmm. vision turned into a wonderful experience at the will turn that continues to pay fruit, right? You put the scripture on the back of the mm -hmm. shirt or the back of the jacket. So everyone knows that it, we're not doing something new to be creative. It's going to be cool and hip. It, and, no. You know, yeah. We, we want to yeah. receive Jesus as though this was a wedding. That's what Jesus was at weddings. It's a celebration. We understand that there's points of sadness and grief and sorrow, but joy will always come in the morning. Yeah. That's the vision. And so I, I think for like a lot of people, sometimes maybe it's just like for your friend. Oh, well, they're doing this. They're doing now. Do you understand? Like, how, how well are you connected with your leaders? Because I feel like even some people who are like leaders in the church, they still don't understand their leader's heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not making like appropriate efforts to, okay, let me take a step back. Let me see all that's what's going on. Where might my leader be coming from and implementing these things? 
And what do sure. I need to glean from that? They're just, oh, okay, I got to I got to do this assignment. I got to read this book. I got to do this and 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 it's more of a drudgery than like, wait, hold on. This is this is big in our leadership right now. What does this mean and where's we're going? Because if I can at least catch something from that yeah. on the back end, I can actually make sure that vision is going to be like everyone yeah. from the bottom from the top is going to understand the vision. And so now for us in Dream Team, as soon as you walk through the door, oh, the vision's clear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that works for two, like people who, you know, not just in a Christian perspective, what church you go to or what pastors teach sure. you, like that works in the, that works in school, that works at corporate world. Like I had a friend, I think I've said it before here, but it's been some time, but I had a friend who has, has a very nice career and um, uh, the competing company, you know, huge on LinkedIn is all these headhunters that go and look for qualifying people who have the same job title at competitors and try to recruit them and Mm -hmm. offer great packages. And so this friend told me like, Hey, I I got this interview. I'm just, I'm exploring. I don't, I don't have, I don't, I I don't, I like where I'm working. I don't have plans, but I'm open. So I took this meeting and, you know, I think that's how some people start in the church world. You know, it's like, I like my church, but you know, this church has got, you know, they're doing this thing on this, which I'm yeah. a little more interested in. It's a little more yeah. of my hobby horse right now is, which uh, could be in times. It could be, yeah. you know, uh, pro America stuff, whatever, you know, it's like, but I'm interested in this. And that's kind of how it starts. Like, Oh, I'll go on a Friday night. Not to say you shouldn't go to another church conference or what. Yeah. Do that all day. But that's kind of how it can start. And then for him, this is how, like, to me, it was such like a mature thing. And it was a great thing to hear from him. So he goes to this interview and about a month or two later, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I didn't hear what happened at your interview. What what happened? He's like, oh, yeah, I got I got an offer and I got offered making like 30 percent more than my current salary, which was significant. Yeah, they were offering me, um, you know, which would equal, you know, hundreds of thousands in stock options. And then um, all these other crazy perks, like crazy perks. And I'm like, so, and it was work from home, you know? So it was like, cool, you know? So, and, and, uh, and and he's like, and I, and so I, I didn't take it. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, well, there's too much on the other side, the unknown. And I'm like, like what? (laughs) Stock options, vacation time, 30% more income. He's like, I don't know who my supervisor is going to be. I don't know who the team that I'm going to have is going to be like. I don't know. He's like. I like my coworkers. We work together wow. well. I like my supervisor. He listens to me. If I if I if I if I need help with something, I you know, like he he's there for me. Like I'm not he goes, there is way too much on the other side that I could be making more. I could be having stock options or whatever, quicker play track to retirement. And he's like, but I could hate hate every day. He's like, right now where I'm at, I don't hate every day. Like, yeah, could, uh, would I like to make more money? Yeah. Would, would I like a stock option that leads me? Right? Yeah. But I'll be patient. I'll see if something here gets to that point, but I'm doing well. I'm able to, you know, my family's able to be taken care of. And he's like, so what is too much on the other, on the other side was unknown. I just decided I'm not going to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was like, wow, that's like, that's, that's a lot of maturity. Cause a lot of yeah. people today are just opportunity after opportunity. And I, and I think we do that in the church world too is opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And yeah. it may not be through power or platform, but in our head, opportunity is that interest that we're in right now. And so uh. you may go visit a church conference that's having something. And then you're telling yourself like, Oh, I'm like, this happens all the time. Oh, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to start going here. They'll come to me on a Sunday say, pastor, I'm just going to let you know. So last Sunday we're going to start going to this church. And I say, man, thank you. I appreciate that. They're telling me. 
And so sometimes I'll say, you know, can you tell me any wh- re- reason why? You know, yeah, because they're, they're emphasizing this more and that's really what, our, what we want and blah, 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 blah. And then sometimes like four months later, I'll see them back and they'll be like, oh, we didn't, um, we didn't know they didn't have a children's ministry. And so <laughs> our kids had to like sit in service and they were like hating it and they were jumping on my yeah. neck and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, oh, so you didn't fully count the cost. No. Before you now, if that was what the Lord wanted for you, God bless you. I, I really, I really hope you get everything you need. But the fact that you you jump the ship without counting the yeah, cost, yeah, yeah, to yeah. say actually, man, we do, we 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 do. I wish they did this a little more, but man, we really like we're we're doing good. Like we're getting fed. We have community. We have sometimes that happens. A person leaves about two years later. They come back and they're like, we can't find any friends. Yeah, you know, like because every time we hung out with those friends, it was just like there was no there's no community in the nature of conversation it was all about more about the church mm, like because yeah. they were like it's a church wow. that is really controlling you know so they're like we're trying to create authentic <coughs> friends but it's always pointed back to like yeah. the ministry or what you know it's like but i just want to be able to go to dave and busters with our yeah. kids but i can't <laughs> find anyone in the church that wants to do that they want to go to dinner after we serve for seven hours at this like <laughs> you know revival tent thing right <laughs> yeah and so you know you're like okay like you 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 before you made a decision you didn't fully yeah. count the cost yeah and, and that's and that counting of the cost because this is like part of my answer which is like people are never they never count the cost or what the evolution of a relationship will look like so like when you get engaged then you get married have you noticed like people don't like this different certain stages of that relationship they've not counted the cost and said okay i'm gonna make a semi-permanent or marriage a permanent decision but when the relationship evolves i i want out right we oh, do that sure. with our church. Our right, church starts right. evolving. I I like my church in I this I like it when phase. it came in. Right? Yeah, I liked yeah. it here. But now they got the guitarist with the uh, the the guy who's singing and playing. And, right, and it, now right, I don't right. like that. Got these trumpets. Yeah, I didn't like that evolution. <laughs> yeah, that phase yeah, yeah, of that yeah, evolution. Yeah. yeah. And I love when an organization or when a church recognizes because it's like two two issues, right? It's like one sided. Either the individual doesn't like the evolution of the organization, or the organization doesn't like the evolution of the people or you know mm-hmm. i love when like uh like our church what they do and this is what i admire about it but to your answer a red flag is like how do you treat young people and how do you engage young people in their whole thing like have you thought about when they become adults like i love well often t- and and because oftentimes that church who maybe now is is older people who found that church were young and once that ch- once when that church was young it attracted mm. families and it just the leader didn't care about reaching down he only wanted to reach forward and reach wow. up and so that's often the downspell is cuz like one time i was talking to a pastor and uh, he was like you're you're a little you're a little young to be stepping into a lead and senior pastor role and and i was like i was like oh okay great thanks and then um <laughs> <laughs> and so i asked him i said i said uh I said, uh, he was in his seventies. I said, let me ask you something. When did, when did you first start this church? And he said, oh, when I was, when I was 31. And, and I said, I said, I said, I said, so, so you were a senior pastor at 31 years old. He's like, oh yeah, well that, yeah, that, that was different mm. because you know, he didn't really, okay. he, but he's like, but yeah, that was, 
that's different because blah, 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 blah. And then now that's a bigger, bigger organization and this and that. And, you know, and, and I'm going, and he goes, well, I think people should start churches more in their, you know, mid forties to fifties. And that's when they should take them over. And I'm like, but you, but you started pastoring and planning your church when you were 31 years old. Wow. What is, well, like, what makes you so unique that no one else can seem to, to figure yeah. out? Uh, yeah. Jesus Jesus was the senior pastor of the world at 30, right. you know, uh, yeah. like <laughs> Paul told Timothy not to let anyone despise them, despise him for his for youth. youth yeah. So, and he was the pastor, you know, of the church. And so we don't know how old he was, but yeah. enough that people thought he was youthful. And so, you know, you, you look at that and, and what I was trying to share with him to say, well, you know, which their their church, the guy I'm talking to, his church had not just plateaued, but completely declined because it was all older. Wow. Mm. And they're telling us, they're telling us, yeah, we're trying to hire young people so that we can reach families and young people again. And I'm like, the answer isn't hiring someone young. The, the answer is not putting a billboard up of some kid smiling and saying, right. yeah, that's us. The, yeah. the, 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 the answer is to bring someone in the decision-making process yeah. that either has the heart of a child or yeah. has is in their youth that they could they can make those decisions they have that that hunger and that drive because wow. they they have their own families they're trying to minister to right mm-hmm. and so we started this dialogue about how conceptually like our church which is relatively the same age as their church is thriving and growing while theirs has literally declined from their heyday by 70 percent because our church our church was innovative in the 90s and is still innovative in 2023. Wow. But people who joined us in the 90s and 2000s may not like the church that's today, but that's the church that attracted them in the 90s and 2000s because yeah. yeah. it was innovative. Wow. And it was, you know, like back in the day, we used to do plays and we would have, you know, Jesus and Satan fighting on stage and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but that's what attracted the lost, the families. Then we bring them into a discipleship program. So then they now they see us on, on Christmas do a video. Some would say, well, I don't like that. I don't want to look at a screen and see a short film. You know, it's like, but when you first joined us in 2003, you watched a short film from stage. Like yeah. that's yeah. what attracted mm-hmm. you. Like we're doing, we're vision wise. We're doing exactly, exactly what we have done for 30 for years. Sure just in a new medium for that next generation. But what a church that doesn't necessarily care about that next generation, not that they don't care, but their, their models don't care as much is they're saying, yeah, when we started, we started yeah. youthful. Cause yeah. I, cause I was youthful in the nineties. Right, yeah. I was youthful in the eighties, but now, now we're still, we, we worship the same way. We sing the same way that was modern in 1980 yeah. and 1990. Cause the, cause modern in 1980 and 1990 is like, the Darlene Sheck stuff and all that kind of stuff like that. But even that we've talked about with Daniel before, even that was really modern because right. you go further and you go to more reformed churches. Yeah. They're singing hymns at minimum have to be at least 200 years old, you know, for it to be sung in the church. Yeah. So there's always a deeper way into, um, into traditional that you can go like, yeah. cause the furthest form of traditional is then now you're Orthodox. Now you're swinging incense and doing chants with no, you can't even have a piano in the room. Yeah. So you can, you can like, so even there. the yeah. even the church that's doing hymns that has one acoustic guitar and one piano, even they're a little modern right. to even the Greek For Orthodox sure. church, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. or yeah. the Ethiopian Orthodox church. Yeah. It's like there's always a more, and then there's also a way to be too modern, but there's a way you could be too traditional and there's a way you could be too modern. Like there is a, a centrifuge that should be there, right. but, but you also have to realize like, 
but it's also never going to be done the way I want to do it. And if it's the way I want to do it, then I, maybe I should go start a church. Right. You know, like, yeah, because that's the only way you could do it the way you want to do yeah. it. But to even what you're saying, like <laughs> when you when you have to trust young people or empower them, you know, if you don't go that route, you're saying, oh, there was a grace for me that's not for, for the young person. There's a yeah. gifting that was on me that is not for the current young, a, a current young person this day and age. And I hate that thinking. Like, look at Chick-fil-A, like the local Chick-fil-A. I don't know if you, like, recognize the guys who are managers now were there eight years ago, 17 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they're literally, yeah, yeah. like, the guy, they're the, they were the kids, 16, 17, who were just lay Chick-fil-A people. But it's something about Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out specifically how they catalyze young people mm -hmm. and fast forward eight years to now, those guys are the big bosses. Difference. You see them conducting interviews on their laptop while everybody else is running the ship. And those were the same kids mm -hmm. eight years ago. They're probably only 25. Like, yeah. And they're running the whole store. And I've always admired that about organizations. And I admire that about this church, how we catalyze young people, show them that you, there's a place for you here, not just because we need you and the demographic, but because you are the future, like, you know, yeah. type of deal. That's always been a strong message and a strong value that, like, to answer your question, that would be my red flag yeah, is what is the yeah. involvement of young yeah. people in a church? And what's interesting is, like, not being critical on a church that's older or has older people, because if that's what they want to do, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But most of the churches that are majority older people and older, most yeah. of the pastors are saying they don't want their church to be that way. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, to me, that's there, but, like, I don't. I'm not being critical towards their churches. I'm being critical towards the fact that they have a desire to not be that way as leaders. Almost all of them. Yeah. But yet they don't. They don't necessarily want to do the work because it takes work to get out of your comfort zone. You know, yeah. to say, to say, hey, I'm, 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 I, I brandished a church that's like this, yeah. and we need to. Like I, I told you know I've told some of my friends uh, in certain denominations that have certain preaching styles, you know, like, because in some denominations, you have to preach a certain way. Mm -hmm. And just systematically in, in attraction, like, if you preach, yeah, you do stuff like that, or you're, you know, like, you're not gonna attract the next generation, the yeah. next generation is not interested in that level of preaching, some may be mm -hmm. in, a, in a cultural standard, but, but, but you can't find many churches that are growing consistently, that have that model of preaching. So I've told my friends, like, you might have to reflect, like, I may I may have to tweak our team, and they say it's just it's way too connected to our denomination. We can't let it go, and I go well. Yeah. If you're not going to let it go, if you can't not let it go, which there's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to teach a certain way, other than you just want to be connected to your tradition, which is fine. You could do that. There's heritage in that, but also at the same time, you also then have to recognize you can't have your cake and eat it too. You yeah. can't say we want to reach the next generation, but we're also unwilling to change any of the dynamics of our preference right. in our worship service to tell that generation that we're real and we're authentic. And we're, cause immediately if you preach different than you talk immediately, subconsciously people see that there's a disconnect between yeah. authenticity. For yeah. sure. You know, yeah. for sure. And that's when the questions start popping up. Yeah. Because it's, why are you this way on this pulpit, but you're this way down yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. So what makes it different? You're and I think... Yeah, you're cold and you don't want to talk to anyone when you're off the stage, but on stage, all of a sudden you're bubbly and, right. and, yeah. and you got all the energy in the world, you know? Yeah. So like, then yeah. for me, it's like, what yeah. it's like... Or the other way around, you're, you're bubbly on the floor and you're kind and you hug people mm -hmm. and then you get on stage and welcome family today to the glorious is like right 
<laughs> yeah, and, and so like for your new communicator, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we get that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for someone seasoned, okay, there has to be some like level like authenticity going up and back and forth because then I think what we start to think is like a congregation is, oh, it's the pulpit that's desirable. Right. They go up there and then this way and then they come down in their host. So yeah. every so then now there's this rat race to the pulpit, not realizing it, it's just it's been a misrepresentation of the pulpit more than an actual like this is an authentic display of how you interact and engage. Right. Like I know yeah. as pastors, you're you're above reproach and all that you do, but that doesn't mean you're above authenticity. Yeah. And, and so it's like it goes back to yeah. even what you started um, what we we're talking about at the beginning when you have um, like pastors who are teachers. So it's like they're always in a teaching mode, even in this. But this is like a conversation mode. It, it's I think my question to you at that time was going to be, what does it take for someone with that um, power dynamic, right, in that role of a pastor, preacher, yeah. teacher to what does it take for them to get to this point? level of authenticity where they're willing to like okay let me break down yeah. some walls let me engage in this conversation and maybe like and i know again everyone's different but if someone asked me how i'm doing maybe i'll be like you know i'm a little stressed today but everything's good you, you know yeah. what i mean everyone yeah. has different in that yeah. but what does it take for someone to go from that level to i mean i think i think i think you have to well well many of them have convinced themselves in being above reproach it also means being 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 in a way where people don't know you well because what a lot of pastors are historic what, what happens a lot in the church world is the closer you get to a spiritual leader the more you see their humanity and what often happens and i know almost all of my pastor friends very few times does a as a person in their church become a friend with them and within five to ten years them be no longer be friends mm. and it's solely because that person saw their pastor as human and they didn't like that. They saw them get mad one time. They saw them, you know, they saw them, you know, argument with their wife. They saw them, whatever it is, they failed them in some type of way. I know someone told me one time you failed me. And I said, I'm not allowed to fail people. He said, not if you're a pastor. Mm. I said, bro, you have, you, you have it wrong. You know, like, and all it was, was I didn't call in and check in on them about something that they had going on. I just completely forgot. And I, and I apologized. And he was like, you're not allowed to make that mistake. You're Jeez, a pastor. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I thought we were friends, you know, but yeah. but uh, you're, uh, I'm your friend when you want me to be. Yeah. But then I'm your pastor. And I don't know how to tell what hat you want me to be on right now. You want me to be the friend yeah. that friend that kicks up feet, watches a football game with me or with you. And when I want to talk to you about your wife, you say, hey, let's just watch the game. Yeah. Or you want me to be your pastor when you're telling me I should have checked in on you. And Like, what was it? Was I supposed to be watching a football game or was I supposed to be checking in on you? <laughs> you know, so a lot of pastors yeah. go, hey, I, I, I've experienced that enough that they think that doing doing a podcast or something like that equals the same outcome yeah. of what that has brought in, a, in an intimate relationship. OK. Right? OK. And so. When you tell them to be authentic, they're saying, well, I know what happens when people do that. They see my humanity and, and then they'll no longer either A, respect me, they'll no longer. Yeah. Uh, now, again, and it also comes down to how are you preaching on the pulpit? Because if you're preaching anti-authenticity, then then having an authentic podcast ain't going to work because yeah. they are going to turn on you, you know, like and see that you're if, if all of a sudden if you're preaching all the time, you're the hero. And then you do a podcast where you're talking about you and your wife have mistakes or whatever. And they're going to be like, 
oh, yeah. so, like for sure, it's gonna yeah. be a disconnect, right? Yeah. So, wow. to me, it kind of has to match the preaching style at the same time in okay. the church in the church vision style, which ours is like very heavy on seek the loss, evangelism, teach the found. Oh, we're very open to change. If you're at abundant, things are always changing. Logos change. You know, T-shirts change, everything right. changes, right? Stage changes, Christmas changes, Easter's changes. It's a, it's a church you could, you could change fast, and it's you could get, you know, it's not going to be a lot of pushback. But if you're a church that doesn't change, then yeah. then you're gonna have you're gonna have to, as a pastor, if you want to be on a platform like a podcast, something like that, you're gonna have to just sit there and teach. But and, and granted, nobody's gonna listen to it. But but yeah. but, but that is the that is the that's the culture that you have created can you change it yeah but it's micro dose like you have to micro dose the change you have to micro dose the approach My you have gosh, to change your preaching yeah. you got to change your thing stuff like that so for a lot of the pastors i know they just would never they would never touch it they would never do it but then they'll come on a pod, our podcast as a friend and guest and they'll be like i love that i've never done anything like that so sometimes they have to be modeled it yeah you know got I, it. I got to yeah. i got to i felt like i wasn't a pastor on a platform for the first time in my life Mm. and had value outside of being a pastor. Like, they're not used to that. They're valuable because they're a pastor. Everybody wants to pull on them. Everyone needs prayer. Everyone needs a hospital visit. Everyone needs a funeral. Everybody needs wedding. Everyone needs marital counseling. Everyone needs prayer for their kid who's wayward. Everybody needs a husband who's got alcohol addiction. Everybody, So everybody's like this. And so you tell the guy, put that hat away. Just be you. He's like, I don't know who I am. Because I'm I always golf. Born, yeah. yeah, he's like, I don't know. I play golf. I, <laughs> what do you want me to do? With my pastor friends. You know, like, yeah, with my yeah. pastor. He's like, what do you want me to do? You know, yeah. like, there's no, for some of them, there is no them outside of what they're Crazy. doing. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> it's why, like, That's yeah. That's a wild yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think, and because I think for me as a, and I'm, uh, as a congregant, I was of the mindset of, like, I think I know and maybe it could be a cheat because I'm also a therapist. So, like, I can yeah. only imagine, like, if I know what I'm doing as a therapist, I can only imagine what pastors are doing because that's a title 24-7. So, yeah. in my head, I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can as a congregant. I want to make sure I, I am not an issue or a problem to my pastors because I know how much they already have on their plate. Yeah. I know that I can reach out if I need to. But at the same time, it was like. I want to do whatever I can over here so it's one less thing for them to worry about. Yeah. I'm starting to, as I'm in this side of ministry, that that's not the overall mindset of a congregant. Where I'm starting to hear in this conversation, it's like it feels as though it's more consumer-based than it is servant-based, right? Um, and that could just be American culture. That could yeah. just be overall yeah. organizational shifts. You go somewhere to receive. You don't go somewhere to give, Right. Right. Yeah. But well, it's people's natural. It, it's definitely people's natural implication. You know, um, they're they're na- like you're saying. Like we naturally think in a. We have been trained to think in a marketable uh, economy. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything is marketing. Everything's a billboard. Uh, everything's consumption based. And so and so that it that I mean that that even goes back to who is it who was it JFK or Nixon like ask not what your country can do for you yeah, but what you could do yeah. I mean dude's yeah. trying to reroute people's thinking yeah, to say yeah. you keep wanting to know what the government's going to do for you what are you going to do for the government you yeah. know like that has now been going on for generations yeah. so yeah. you can you you can split that in the church world but then you also have people who just who are also like completely hurting completely unaware of how to engage with their faith on their own. And so, yeah. so yeah. they're very, you know, it's Paul's 
teachings like, hey, you're babes, you're on milk. Yeah. You know, at some point you need to get to meat. So when people on milk, the way I see that in a modern approach is when people are on milk, they're completely reliant on their spiritual leader for everything. Mm, and yeah. so and so and so when they hit E like their phone and you're sprinting to a charger to them, it's sprinting to spirit the spiritual leaders, right? Mm-hmm. I could pull up Instagram DMs right now. Like they they come in at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. This is going on. I need you right now. I need a blah blah blah. I mean, like I need and and I don't ever look at that in a bad way. I look yeah. at that as like this is a person who's probably new to their faith or has not engaged it deep enough in their faith. Yeah. And they are hurting and they have no idea yeah. what to do. There was, there was, it, you know, it was really cool. There was recently what happened was uh, earlier this year, probably in the summer, if I remember right, if they're listening to this podcast, um, um, I could get the story wrong, but a uh, guy in the church, he hit our church. He had a, he has a brother who was, uh, he was uh, on his deathbed. He was like, tubes in them, everything like that. And he had, uh, given his life to Christ right before some of these things happened after, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping what, what happened, but, but, but he wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. He, he was, he, he was going to pass. And, um, and so the, the family and the brothers, they're coming to me. They were coming to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. And every Wednesday, every Sunday, they come to me weeping. So we're going to lose him. We're going to lose him. So we pray, we pray, we pray. Like, we did this for about seven weeks, back to back, every Wednesday, every Sunday. They're wa- they went in line after service, sit there. He, t- he start the the brother starts DMing me, updating me. This is what's happening. Blah blah blah. blah. Every once in a while, he DM me. Can you send a, a video to my? Because his brother sometimes can open his eyes. Can you send a video to my brother praying? So I get out my phone. I'm like, I'm praying. We pray for healing. Blah blah blah. Shoot it to him. Instagram. He go in the hospital. He play it. Show his brother. Right. Stuff like that. Today's not good. He's been unresponsive. I'm praying. This DMs now. I'm praying for you guys. Baba. I'm trying my. This is just one of like yeah. many other people and other things going on. And to them, this is the world, which it is. This is his brother's life. This is their world. Uh, to me, this is another person who needs prayer with a hundred other people, and I am fully in each one of them. Like I'm not trying to, you know half do any yeah, when I'm yeah. in it you want a video praying on Instagram I'm sending you a video prayer there was a woman two weeks ago came to me and she was like my husband he's um um he's in a, a, a rehab he's gonna spend the next 90 days he gave his life to Christ a month ago he decided to go to rehab he he starts today I'm visiting him to drop him off and she said maybe some time into his stay you could send him a video encouraging him um, or maybe he was a month in and he was getting antsy. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, once a week, I can actually, I can call him on his phone. Wow. That's when they let him take it on and turn it on and they watch him on the phone. And so then I'm like, let's do it right now. She's like, right now? I'm like, yeah, let's do it right now. And so we're like in the prayer line. And so we, and I'm like, bro, we got you, man. Don't give up. You got rehab. You know, so I'm talking to the camera while, and then the next person will be my brothers in, the, in their deathbed. So you're alternating these things. Yeah, right. And yeah. so, and so sure enough, Two weeks ago, I'm walking after service in the hallway, and I see the guy that all summer I was like praying for his brother. And mind you, I didn't really remember. I didn't know he didn't really update me on what what was going. He had told me like he like they told me like they told me he's they had told me from what I had remembered last was uh, he's in the hospital. Uh, we're watching it, but it but it but it's not as bad as it was a month ago or whatever, right? And so I'm like, okay, so I'm walking and then, um, 
I look to my left and I see him and I look to my right and then I see someone who looks like they had been ill but is recovering. You know, when someone's getting like color back in their face. Yeah. And, but their body's still tired and, and stuff like that. And so so I turn and I look and I look at him like, is this your brother? The one that was on his deathbed? Mm. He's like, yeah, that's him. And then the brother looks at me and then he didn't recognize at first it was me. And then the brother's like, the bro- and then and then his eyes open up. Like he realizes it's me, the guy who's been sending him videos, praying. I was just on stage, but he realizes I'm right next to him. And he just, he literally jumped. This guy's like probably 46 years old or something like that. Um, he jumps in my arms, like jumps in my arms. And I'm just holding him and he, he just starts crying. And, it, and I'm just wow. like holding it. And we spend maybe like 45 seconds to a minute, me just holding yeah. him. And then their whole family's crying and they're all weeping and stuff like that. And then, uh, and then, and then I walk away and I, and I go back and I go in line. And then, uh, one of our security guards was like, man, that guy's really going through it, huh? He thought he just randomly like jumped in my arms. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, uh, I was like, no, he was, he was dying four months ago, my like God. tubes in him and, and everything. And wow. he's alive today. And the security guard is like, oh my gosh, you know? And so when you conceptually think about it, and mind you, like that story I just said, I was just coming from preaching multiple services, 45 mm-hmm, minutes at mm-hmm. a time, blah, 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 blah. Like that is a pastor's day. Yeah. Sending videos for rehab, <laughs> celebrating with someone, crying with someone who didn't have that story, who family member passed, you know, while also, oh, you guys want to get married? Yeah, let me check my calendar. I'm gonna, you know, like, I'll see if we can marry you. you know, yeah, I'll see if we yeah, can get wow. it in. Man, I'm so excited for you guys. It's going to be the best time of your life. You're getting married. You're, you guys are so in love. I love it. I see it. You know, like, yeah. you are emotionally in 24 hours oftentimes going through that level of stuff. And so, like, if you tell a pastor, like, hey, just be you, he's like, I don't know what me exists. Yeah. Like, what me yeah. do you want? You know, like, do you want the you want the counselor me? Do you want the pastor me you, you don't want the golf me you know like <laughs> that's what they're thinking right they're yeah. like and i'm telling them no that that's the one they want they want the golf you for sure they want the 24-hour yeah. fitness basketball you yeah and then they go i don't see it no i don't because no one else they don't ask for that on sundays yeah, you know no, no. and it's like yeah but that's that's another side of you they they do they would love to see wow. you know yeah they just conceptually can't put it together but that i mean that's a common that's a common weekend or week for a yeah. pastor. So when, and I get asked all the time when I'm in the more of like the secular world, what does a pastor do? I'm like, you, you can only imagine my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is it fair for that? Is it fair for that to be a red flag? Cause I know it's not common what happens here. I'm not just trying to tune our horn, but I'm saying the level of authenticity, even from the beginning pastor himself, like how he is on stage is how he hit. Like that's always been true. Not in personality, because he's a yeah. little extroverted, more, yeah. not in that way, but in the way that he just is, how he is and who he is. Is that a, is that a red flag, or do you think that's fair that tr- pastors who lead churches and mega ministries mostly, right, because a church with 50, yeah, that, that guy better be you yeah. know, going to dinner with his congregants at least weekly or something frequent, mm-hmm. but is that a fair like reality that we're in now, or should pastors start pivoting because if there are people that are like, my pastors aren't authentic enough. I, I've been coming to this mega church for five years and I've still not shook hands with my pastor. 
right? Like, you know, that yeah. criticism. Is that a fair red line? Or would you say that a mega church pastor needs to pivot? They need to go more relational. I mean, uh, I wouldn't, I can only, no, I, I would never, I would never even issue a, a comment a on what PSA. I, oh, yeah, like, because, <coughs> I, yeah, I don't, because again, to me, it's, 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 it's what the, it's what the person needs, it's what the church needs, it's what's gravitating you, because again, like, we, we, if, you know, if you believe in a fivefold ministry, and you have apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, like, there may be a pastor who who is operating from the pulpit on a weekly basis who who does not have a pastoral gifting uh, because that's what that's what you're talking about. Now he for sure should have someone on his team that has a yeah. pastoral gifting, someone who's caring and can cry with people and but you know but but if that is not his main emphasis gifting and he's actually very lethargic when it comes to his emotions. Wow. I mean, there are areas that are red flags where he could have trauma and that's why he's not, but let's just say for all intents and purposes, not be, and, and, but you're gravitating towards this ministry because they're a great teacher, because they teach the word well, and they're a great preacher and they're a great visionary or whatever. I wouldn't say that they would have to be great at everything in order for that ministry to be legitimate because wow. mm. every church is different and, and what you're going to that church for may be, it's going to be unique. And so if you're going, like I know many pastors who, um, now there is a point where it, where it, it you know, if, if, if he, you never see him and he's never around, then okay, that's like, that's a little odd, but, but let's just say weekly, like he's not a pastor that doesn't go out in the courtyard like us or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't say, Oh, that's necessary. His rest temperament may be different. Like, yeah. here's what it is for me. Like, I don't, I don't go out ever before service because people actually offer criticism before service rather than after service. Mm. So if it's before service, people think that you have the time. So they come up and they say, Hey, I think this should change. I think I don't like this. or I don't like this. I don't like, and I'm a person that can't release my emotions really fast. And so I would take that into the pulpit. So that's why for me, I don't necessarily mosey around before service because people don't realize people don't realize respect rather than just saying hello, having conversation, which I would love to have. That is the majority of people, but there's always two or three people that go, yeah. you know what I don't like, and you yeah. know this, and they'll have a complaint, and then I go, I got to preach in 15 minutes. Like, this is not going to be easy yeah. to you come. Wanna, to co- yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, want to like, text the youth and pastor I, yeah, that right, complaint yeah. and, and I'm like, But what I can it. do is I can handle it after service. Like, yeah. if they're telling mm-hmm. me after service, I could I could pass it along. I still got I got a little more time in between that I could center my my thinking because I'm very obsessive in my thought. So, so if you present to me a problem, you don't like something we did or something happened wrong in our ministry, my mind is like in fix it mode. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Man, yeah, we got, yeah. And, then, and then I've left my sermon now and I'm not giving you my best in my sermon now because now 50%. So I've learned like, oh, I, I actually have to protect my emotions before a wow, service yeah. uh, where like my dad's fine. My dad can handle both of those, you know, and, but he has other things that he can't, you know, come out of that I'm, it's fine for me, you know, yeah. like, so... Um, uh, so that's where it is very different, and that's why I would not say I would just put it on a pastor that like they have to be this like social butterfly, right, right, right. Um, right. Because you may like you may you may be going to a a larger ministry because you because you that guy has the gift of teaching the Bible doesn't mean he's going to be pastoral. He needs mm. to have a pastoral team, yeah. but like he has a gift to 
to be an evangelist or he may be apostolic. He's a church planner. And so to think I want lunch with that guy, I would never go to an <laughs> apostolic ministry where the pastor is an apostolic leader and he plants a lot of churches. What would benefit me to go to lunch right. with him? I, I don't know why. It wouldn't benefit me. Yeah. Like, I yeah. could, like you would benefit more going in a small group and going to lunch with your peer. Honestly, I have been around yeah. my heroes who are in the church world, who are book authors and pre. They're some of the most boring people you ever be around in yeah, your life. They're sure. like, they're completely boring. They don't know how to talk one on one. They don't know, you know, because right, right. they're visionaries. Like, so, so they, almost if you see like Kanye West, you're like, who wants to have a conversation with yeah. Kanye? The guy's in outer space. You don't want to talk about day to day stuff. A lot yeah, of yeah. those big pastors, the TD Jakes, the Joe Osteens, the blah, 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 like, they're not very personable guys because they're visionaries. Their yeah. head's in the clouds mm. 50% of the time. Wow. So if you meet them and you want to just be like, because you're my pastor and I just want you to know that me and my wife love it here, he's going to be like, okay, great. You know, like, oh, thank thanks, you. It yeah. just, that's not where his frame wow. of mind is. But to someone who has the gift of shepherding, who God has created to know the one by one person, and that's their spiritual gift, they're going to sit and they'll be like, oh, well, tell me a little bit about your wife's story and your story and how'd that come to be? And that doesn't mean he's a better Christian. Wow. Yeah. That just means he has a strong, but that guy... Th that guy who's good at doing that, more than likely, he couldn't run an organization more than three people. Right. Because yeah. if you if he wants to check in on every person, that's why a lot of that's why I don't like I don't think too badly on small churches because small churches more than likely has a pastor with the gift of shepherding yeah. pastoring their church, so he can't he can't grow his church more than he can touch. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Because that's what he, that's his jam. Like that's what he's that is what the Lord has gifted him with. So either he has to a bring in someone who's apostolic, join a denomination or whatever that can help expand and give him vision and help give him systems. He has to hire an executive pastor that can help more with the systematic thing, which he's not good at. But but that that's why it's going to cap, not necessarily because they're not modern and, and, and they're not preaching good. It's because for him... He wants to he wants to know every single person. But I don't think every pastor has to know yeah, yeah. every single wow, person. Yeah, I think you have to know until your church is a certain size. Um, but if you choose a larger church, you just gotta know. More than likely, you're not choosing that church to know the individual pastor. There are pastors you can know, that's why you should serve, because they're they're gonna mm -hmm. every big church has twenty pastors, fifteen, twenty pastors. But the, but the guy who's teaching, who's like right. more than likely more apostolic than they are anything else, if it's a large church, like, like you may get time with that pastor and that's great, but I want to aim for that. For sure. Yeah. Because um, yeah. more than likely they're not even going to be that enjoyable to be around, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah, those no. guys are problem solvers. So if you sit with them, yeah. they're viewing everything you're saying as a problem to be solved. <clears throat> like that's my dad. If you sit with my dad and you tell him about your day, all he's looking at in your day was, where was the problem? How can I find the solution? So one day I'm talking to my dad. He's like, what's up? What did you do today? I'm like, well, I took Matthias to basketball, and we did this, and then my sprinkler head broke in my front lawn, and I have to get to that probably in a couple of days, and then me and Ashley, were tonight we have a dinner, and then we're going to go see a movie with the kids, and then we're going to put the bit down, and blah, 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 blah. The next day I see him in my front lawn, and he's fixing the sprinkler. Because in me giving him my day, he, he actually did it. not care <laughs> that we saw trolls and that we went to he breakfast to as a family. He could... Well, he's just, no, all he, all he hears, he doesn't even want to help, but he heard a problem. 
Yeah. He knows how to bring the solution because he knows Adam. He's like, Adam's not going to do this for like two weeks or he's wow. going to hire a, a, a guy to come and do it. Like he just knows he, he, for him, he's looking to know you to know what, how you solve problems and how you don't. Yeah. So when you share a problem, right? Like if you went, if you went to my dad right now and you're and it, like, you're one of the young guys on staff, right? And we've all experienced something like that before. Like, oh, we're, you know, we're doing great, blah, 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 blah. My, my, my car broke down today, and so I had to use my wife's car, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, his assistant would be sending you a tow truck to get the right, mechanic right, to get your car sure. looked at. Like, that's all he heard was, like, you have – or you're a girl, and you're like, oh, I'm trying to find a man and a date and blah, 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 blah. Next thing, all he's doing <laughs> next Sunday is thinking about who he can matched. match with, yeah. right? That's a visionary. Yeah. And so – like you don't, you're that guy. You're not gonna sit down and clink a few beers with and just watch a game with. They no, don't do that. They yeah, don't do that. they're too busy thinking about the next thing. I remember yeah. I had a conversation yeah, it with stop. Pastor Diego, and like I knew, like I caught him for like two minutes. So I was like, let me just shoot a couple questions off. Yeah. Soon as he got done answering the questions, because I'm all nonverbals, I can see like, okay, is that all? Gone. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, it, <laughs> yeah. but you know, but you don't realize that when you're like. <clears throat> Wanting to like find a shepherd, wanting to be loved on, wanting to have dialogue and conversation. And I think just not understanding, like even like our pastors who are up there, everyone, and that's probably what I love about this church. Everyone is so different, but it's so uniquely different that it works extremely well. Like, yeah. Jermaine is probably one of the most quirkiest guys on staff. Oh sure. man, quirky! <laughs> what a quirky guy we got here, huh? <laughs> you would call me quirky, a little quirky, a little bit, Just a little bit. I, you I, know what? But it's but the the thing about it is that like like your your ability to to have vision far beyond what others like that that's what you bring to the table. So it's like other people can't see it, but they're going to buy into it because your level of belief into it. Like one of the, and what I'm thinking about right now is true love waits, like. You talked to me about it when you first did it, and it was like the whole experiential process. I had no idea what you're talking about. I couldn't, like, (laughs) I literally couldn't conceptualize it until we did the first run through. But it's because I think, like, a a lot of people, like, it's that apostolic in nature where we have, like, they have the vision, they're put in these appropriate places, and then you have the teams that are coming around that are going to help move that off. But I think it's maybe. I don't know. Like we have an understanding of that. Does your average, you know, baby yeah. Christian who's still on milk? Do it's they like under- a Burger King, Burger King, have it your way situation. You with, know, with the church, with with what's happening yeah. in the church, what the preferences are, what what the pa- what do you want the pastor to do for you? You want to be able to sit down and have a conversation with him, or or go out to dinner with him, or do you just want him to preach? Right. And you're just kind of like, hey, I'm just I'm here to get the word, and then I'm a, I'm a dip out, and yeah. so that is. I think I feel like that's like the, the average mindset of people that are leaving churches and going to other churches is they're literally trying to have it their way and wherever it's at. And will they ever find it? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And my experience is like, if, and if you're the guy teaching, like many people would, they just, a lot of more to the baby Christians, they would just be happy to, uh, uh, to meet you and just say, Hey, your, your teaching has really affected my life. You know, to me, it's a, it's a small percentage that, but they, they exist. There's a small percentage who are looking for, I found the opposite. Like a lot of more of the baby Christians don't want a relationship or want to sit down with the pastor because mm. they don't want you to read their mail, you know? Right. Like, uh. so I found more people get, like if I, I, there had to be people, I'm like, hey, we should get coffee sometime. I see you here regularly, blah, blah, blah. I l- I'd love to see how, yeah. you know, I can help you deepen your relationship with the Lord. And you can sell, they, they sweat over that. They cancel twice, they blah, blah, blah. And they're yeah. not trying to be rude. They're nervous. They're like, mm. they're, you know, so it, it 
it, it kind of is split on as a baby Christian, what is it that they're looking for and what is it that they, 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 they're looking to need, you know, for the person that's saying we should get lunch and coffee, it's, um, it, it's a person that either comes from, uh, a smaller church who they have an expectation of that's how it ought to be. Okay. But I'm like, you didn't choose this church for, for that. Cause if yeah. we did, we wouldn't be the, we wouldn't be doing right. what we were Got doing right. if, if our it. pastors could practically do that. Yeah. Um, or, 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 or they, or they may want to make themselves known. Hey, this is a church I came from. I was an elder there. You think I could do something here? And then it's like, yeah, we have grow track, we have forward, but that's not what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so it, it's all, it's always different. Um, on on why a person may want the main spiritual leaders uh, uh, meeting with, but but it, and it's not always bad. Sometimes it's just sometimes it just means a lot to that person. Which which I'm happy to figure a way how to make that happen. If that when it's that type, if I feed it's if I get a feeling that it's someone who wants to like get a leg up on their like ministry or something, okay. then I, I kind of shut that down. But if yeah. it's just someone who's trying just because they're saying like um, I don't like I don't. I don't know anything about this church world. I don't know any, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or like, I'm happy to figure out a way how we can we right. can talk or or get one of the other pastors to to talk about that too, you know. Um, it's, it's a crazy dynamic, you know, like yeah. being in this setting cuz I, I what what I was thinking about was like cuz we don't talk about this ever, which is like how much people have tried to like be close to me to be try, try to be close to you. Mm-hmm. But you know like as I reflect over the years, that has happened so many times. And I've never, like, been weirdly protective in that way, like, because I'm protective about you. But mm-hmm. not in that way. But I do notice it sometimes. It happens where they're, like, they want to just get involved with whatever I'm doing or just go to coffee. And then the coffee ends up being, like, ten questions about you. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> I just answered a ten-question <laughs> well, series on Well, that was me growing Adder. up with people with my dad. You know, they so would do it crazy. to me with my dad. You know. Jeez. They, if I always knew, like, if I talked to someone for the first five minutes, if they ever brought up my dad, then that would be the last time we'd be Yeah, out. and that's kind of what like, ends up happening now. Yeah. People, like, want to do something yeah. on a common interest or go to coffee, and I'm like, oh, that was a weird. I'm not going to hang out with them again. Like, that was yeah. just – but that's just a well, weird, one of, yeah, a weird one of, dynamic. One of my brothers told me recently they hung out with someone, and they were like, how often do you hang out with Adam? Or something. It, like, somehow became around me, and, you know, uh, my brother invited them to something, and then they were like, oh, does Adam go to those or something? And he was like, well, why does it matter? You know? But again, like, and it's not that I'm special. It's just for people they see, like, that's the that's right, the main teaching right. guy. That's the main... Uh, it, com- it fully comes back down to a couple things, but mainly that American custom... We elevate people. That's what we're yeah. taught. You watch TV, you elevate people. You watch yeah. sports, yeah. you elevate people. It's the players. That's it's, it's always the players. With, yeah. NBA, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always the players over the team, and it's all that kind of stuff. Wow. So, so we're we're ingrained and we're trained. So even when you go to the church world, your 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 framework is to is, is to carry that same model, that that wow. same way of thinking. And so it's it to me, it's not. I don't even think it's very conscious to people all the time no. either. No. Yeah, it's just yeah, what sure. we have been. Now, if they're trying to meet with you and do that, then they know what they're doing. But more so right. of like the mindset yeah, around yeah, yeah. it, it's a very subconscious. Because maybe they don't um, mean any harm. But you know. what I was thinking about, because, you know, I read books now. My word of the year is learn. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. You, <laughs> you read books now? <laughs> but I've been listening to this audiobook, um, Creativity Inc., the co-founder mm-hmm. of. And he said, because. I've read it before. The, have you read the expand, expansion version? Where he like reflects on his original, and he's like, "I hated that people learned the wrong lesson from my original book." He's like, yeah, "Because yeah. I didn't want to teach you how to make to a hit movie or make a, I wanted to teach you how to think and how to change," and that was like his whole 
yeah. premise, which made me realize, because he was like, a healthy corporation or organization is one that continues to change. Yeah. And a healthy way to think. I have is, too many thoughts about that book, so I think we have to land you it. Like it. You like it? You like it? Yeah, I enjoyed it's it. pretty genius. Yeah, so I was like, slow down before. Yeah. Before you <laughs> open up a... Uh, Gotta go. My dad's problems, me, is is like... Oh, yeah, ADHD Creativity vibes. and business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but my dad, to get him perk is like, give him a problem. Mine is like, talk, oh, talk yeah, about yeah, yeah, intellectually yeah, yeah, yeah. like stimulating stuff. And then I, I perk up. Like, I'm like, oh, you do that. what? You know, like, uh, let's talk about it. Like, you're a therapist? I don't know anything about that. Tell right, me, right, like, right. that yeah, immediately yeah. like opens me up. But the takeaway from that book, I'll say, is he's talking about how when he first interviewed, I think it was for uh, Lucas Films, might have been Lucas Films, or maybe it was Pixar. Uh, it was one, maybe it was, yeah, I think it was Pixar when he was, when he was first interviewed in the interview process, they said, um, they said, who, who in the industry, uh, is better than you? And he responded and he said, there's three people I would recommend if you guys want to do this in the company. If you want the company to go this way, this guy's going to kill it. If you want the company to go this way, this guy's going to kill it. If you want the company to go this way, this guy will kill it. If you want to go in this way, that's where I think my thing is. Wow. And if I could do that for the company, I, I'd really do well in this role. And uh, they said they gave him the job because they said they interviewed all those three guys. And they and their answer was, no one's better than me. I'm the wow. best in the industry. Mm. And they said, we don't we don't want a guy who thinks he's the best. We want a guy who's willing to acknowledge when other people are better than them wow. and how they he can get better. Because we don't want a company that just thinks we're the best when right, we're not. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So he got the job based off of recommending other people for the job. Wow. And not being critical. Yeah, exactly. It goes circle. back to it. Look full at that. Look at that. Dude, poetry. But that's what I love about it. That's the That was my main takeaway from the book, was that story Fire. he tells. Can't wait to get there. <laughs> I was like, how far oh, are you going there? Yeah, you must be on page 12 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's what I said. Don't, don't. I'm like, chapter four. But. I was like, which one was it, Jermaine? Yeah. Who, no, I'm like, like, I can't. Well, like, what I said is on but, like, page 19. No, but he's the co-founder of Pixar, so it was probably yeah. Lucasfilm some later it was on some, time in his life. No, no, it was before he was president. Yeah, Gotcha. Yeah, it was a big interview. Yeah, you'll so, get yeah, to I'll it. get there. You'll get there. <laughs> nice. A couple yeah. more pages. Dude, yeah, like, put that on like, 10 more minutes of listening. 